Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sister, have you ever been in a room crowded with people but still felt lonely? You can feel lonely anytime, anywhere, and you are not alone in feeling lonely. In Harvard Business Review a couple of years ago, the US Surgeon General Vivek Murthy declared that the world is suffering from an epidemic of loneliness. So, how do we find our tribe and make friends in adulthood? In the podcast studio today, I have two awesome women who are experts in human behaviour to talk about the epidemic of loneliness and how do we find our tribe and make more friends. I have the wonderful Kaz Amos. Oh, Kaz. Hi. Hey, Kaz. So Kaz is a counsellor at Kaz Amos Counselling with over 25 years experience. She brings with her a knowledge of working with children, families, and people of all ages and backgrounds. And she has a ton of letters after her name. Which we don't have to say right now. That's They're okay. very impressive. <laughs> a, B, C, D. <laughs> and we also have Alexandria Joy, AJ, who is a culture consultant and works with organisations to help build healthy tribes at work. Hello. Hey. Hi, AJ. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much, both of you, for coming in today and tackling this topic mm. with me. And I think it's a really good one because more of us than we would care to actually really want to share feel loneliness from time to time and some more than others. So throughout my own life, I've experienced bouts of loneliness. Uh, when I was 22, I moved across the country to Bremen, WA, which is a tiny town on the edge of the desert in the Kimberley. So it's incredibly remote. I moved over there with my then fiancé and he was a pearl diver. So he was out at sea all the time and I was home alone a lot. And I left behind family and friends and a few different tribes and I moved across to that small country town thinking, oh yeah, I'll make friends. And I actually found it quite hard and I ended up crying for the first 18 months of being there. That's a long time to be lonely. I know, that my heart. feeling alone. Yeah, so I transferred my uni degree to the campus up there at the University of Notre Dame and I was around people but I still found it quite difficult to actually build some new friendships and I remember going to the local pub one night and seeing a group of local girls and going up and introducing myself and go hi I'm near to town I don't really know anybody um my name's Mel and they literally turned their backs on me (gasps) no and I remember standing there feeling devastated because I just desperately wanted to meet some new people and make some friends Mm. I was only 22 why is it So much harder, do you think, to actually find your tribe when you're an adult? Well, you just mentioned being around 22. So I'm thinking that all of the social connections before then were made for you. Going to school, sports, whatever other activities you're involved in, you're already being engaged in those things by your family and, you know, whoever you're connected to in your friendships. And I guess when you're in your late teens, early 20s, that's really the first opportunity that you have to step outside into the big wide world on your own and find some courage and think, wow, who am I? Now what do I do? And how do I do this friends thing that has been such a normal part of going to school or hanging out with family and never been a challenge before? Actually, you're right. A lot of our friends were family friends. 
yeah. that you just kind of like inherited because your parents hung out with other adults and so you just had no choice but to make friends yeah. with with their children. Or like Kaz was saying, sporting or school. And I think the thing about school even is that you're there a lot with them, so it's every day. Yeah. So you really do build the bonds that happen in a friendship or a tribe. And when you're an adult, you might see people a lot less frequently. And so it's harder to build those emotional ties, I think, that pull you into a tribe. Absolutely. Kaz, so I'll start with you. What is the impact that loneliness can have on our health and well-being, or why is it important for us to have friends or to have a tribe? Well, initially I think it's really important because that is the way we are wired. Our brains are wired for connection. We function better when we are lit up by, in scientific words, the stimuli around us, but how much we engage with people. It lights up different areas of our brain and we find that when we meet with different people, different parts of a spark to life and I suppose as we're moving through our lives we start to go what is it that lights me up where do I find these connections and knowing that that is really good for not just my social life but for my brain health as well when we don't have it we become isolated and that's when things like depression can enter and I think of it almost like a chicken and the egg you know, is it depression that comes first and then I feel isolated or do I feel isolated and then I feel depressed because I don't really want to be with anybody. I don't know how to get out anymore. No one wants to see me in this state. And and anxiety can do the same thing. I don't want my fear to be seen. So I withdraw myself further and further back from what was a secure social circle. And certainly that can be one of the impacts on your health and well-being. Absolutely. Of not having not having a tribe. Not having a tribe can leave you feeling, I suppose, very alone in the world. And if you're alone in the world, what's the purpose of being here? Because a big part of why we're here is for one another mm. and for ourselves and one another in that. Mm. So the three of us are connected with Got Your Back Sister, yeah. which is um, the local charity that which we're all involved in yes. that helps women and children begin again after fleeing domestic violence. And we would see that in those women. Loneliness and social disconnection is one of the key results of exiting a violent relationship. And so often they get their family ties cut or their social circles if a lot of their social circle was involved in the couple, sometimes that then's taken away from under them. I think what I notice most in the workshops I do with school kids and with adults in workplaces is then it can be a spiral effect where their confidence is then impacted and then as your confidence lowers, that's when you're more likely to get depressed or have those experiences or you're less likely to put yourself out there to try and make friends like you did, unfortunately, in Broome when those girls turned their back on you. So when our confidence dips, we feel less likely and less able to actually be the first to make the approach and so if you get a number of people in that situation which sadly more and more the more connected we get on phones the more disconnected we are in person so if you get a whole tribe of people or a whole group of people disconnecting and lacking in confidence then no one's making the first approach so it's much harder in our modern day I think to make those tribal connections. It's quite a skill, like yeah. having to find that courage to either just lean in and go, well, here we go, this could be great or this could be terrible and be willing to experience either one of those things. I think that's what it really takes when you step, when you step up to a new group and you say, hi, I'm Mel or I'm Kaz, I'm AJ and wait for that response. It's like, am I enough? Am I good enough for these people? That yeah. confidence that you're talking about is really 
caught up in that belief of confidence in am I enough or not? Am I worthy? Am I, yeah, am I worthy of your attention? Am I worthy of this group? Yeah. And I often encourage people to even find the least confident person in the room as well. So someone else who looks like they're standing on their own and to then almost buddy up with that person if you are at something and you want to make connections and find out their name, ask a bit about them. So be of service and then go and introduce them to someone else. So say let's walk up to a group together and say, hey, have you met Kaz? You know, let me tell you about her. So Kind of yep. see if you can rescue someone else. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it ended up taking me probably, I would say, 12 months wow. in, in the town to actually make some good friends, mm-hmm. some good friends. It was so lovely when I did. But yeah, it was, I was going to the university campus probably four days a week. And still, I, again, there was a lot of local people there. And I think a town, that particular town, Broome, it had a designated tourist season and a lot of locals necessarily see the value in creating connections with new people to the town thinking that they're probably going to go again. Right. Yeah. But you know what? My world changed absolutely and I stopped crying when I managed to um, connect with some lovely ladies who were doing similar courses to myself. And yeah, it's, my world changed. And sometimes our connections can also be made through our children. If you have children to go to school with, then it's other mothers who can relate to similar circumstances in life and that's where we meet in the middle with our connections and those similarities as opposed to our differences. We don't often come together very well in our differences, although mm. sometimes that's where the goods are. Or, or pets as well because, oh, yes. you know, if you've got a dog and you walk your dog, often people are more likely to stop and chat to you about your dog, yep. whereas if you were walking on your own, they're not going to stop you and chat to yep. you. No, that's true. We have that like every Sunday <laughs> with every other dog owner that we meet on the yeah. beach. It's great. Yeah. Get soulful and leave a review. Review us on Apple Podcast. So let's look a little bit at the physiology of friendships and tribes. We are biologically designed to be connected with other people. And we were chatting before, because you were telling us about an experiment that they did, I think it was in their 60s or 70s, with monkeys. That's right. So Harlow's monkeys. The experiment was a setup where there was a wire monkey that had a bottle attached and a wire monkey that had just some beautiful um, soft touch fur to it. And the monkeys were more likely to go to the wire monkey, the wire mother, Uh, that had the fur on it rather than go to the all-bear wire mother that just had the food. And they did not fare very well, even though uh, the monkeys that had a little bit of sustenance did not have the love and affection that the cloth felt for them. And that really leads into things like attachment theory where we learn how to act socially and have social and close attachments through our parents and our families and the relationships that we're raised in. And when they're close, then we can be close and we learn how to be close appropriately. Not everybody has an upbringing like that or relationships like that with their parents. And it goes into our relationships when you get older. The good news about attachment theory is that you can learn what yours is and then change and I guess become very aware so that you can identify, oh, that's my default setting coming up right there and I can see why I want to avoid that person. What I really need to do is learn how to keep myself safe, regulate myself um, and by that I mean keep myself calm as I go into that relationship 
and feel my way through and as I build trust. Yeah. And I suppose as well, given that we are biologically wired mm. to connect with people and to have relationships with others, if people are feeling disconnected or lonely, you're not going crazy. You're actually biologically wired to connect with other people. And when that's being starved, it's going to have a negative impact on what your neurons are doing in your brain. I notice when I'm working, say, with a community group, I might be doing something in the community for a council or something. And so there's a disparate group of people who have a commonality in that they're all from the same region, but they may not know each other. I make sure I spend quite a bit of time at the beginning helping them and people will often say it's those warm-up exercises or whatever but doing things and getting them to chat to each other finding things that they have in common so that they can start connecting and I'm not so much doing that at an intellectual level getting them to chat it's at an epigenetic level so same thing Um, it's like when you see a room of people and one person laughs or one person yawns and then everyone does so I'm trying to create actually a viral effect to get people to epigenetically be connected to each other because then we're able to have discussions and open people up because they feel like oh you're actually like me and humans relate to other people who look like us so this is where actually some of the cultural things can be a challenge challenge Um, and yet little children won't notice skin colour and things like that because in actual fact how we make connection is what you're doing right now across the desk Mel is making eye contact and so for most people who have vision eye contact is the way that they start going are you like me are we the same and it's why cereal box companies do clever marketing and have big frosty fruit loop toucans on their packaging with massive eyes on them because they want the children to connect with the character the cartoon character or whatever because then they rely and associate and feel safe with them so uh, you know you always need to look at where am I hanging out do I have time enough in this busy day and age to actually make eye contact and connection and I'll often say to people if you shake someone's hand and meet them for the first time make sure you look in their eyes long enough to see what the color their eyes is because too often we look at our phones And we're looking down and we're texting or messaging or whatever and everything's fleeting and kind of Vaseline looking. So we're not really even taking time enough to ground and really connect with people. I think you're also talking about identifying when your mirror neurons are on Mm -hmm. and that's when you start, you know, if you find someone you're really connected with, you'll often reflect their body posture just naturally, which is a sign of, oh, my mirror neurons are firing and yours are too and they're firing together. And it's that whole birds of a feather flock together, exactly Mm -hmm. that. So then you'll start seeing a tribe of friends or whatever that start dressing similarly or have, you know, traits of the way they show up that's similar, um, whether that's their own safe language or, you know, just their vibe or the way that they dress. Yeah. So years ago, oh gosh, it would have been probably about 10 years ago or so maybe, I started a photography business. And I went from working for a corporate to working for myself, spending a lot of time at home processing images, trying to drum up business, what it takes to have a small business. And I remember I was shocked at how lonely I felt. Mm. I just didn't expect that. But it makes sense because, you know, I went from working in an office around people every day having conversations with people all the every day and I'm an extrovert so I love the conversation I love the people no. I, want, I want to be having the chat <laughs> you're, not, you're not talking to other extroverts I would <laughs> never guess that of you <laughs> I love the chat um but yes and so I remember AJ you and I are driving one day and I was 
talking to you about that and I felt really lonely and I felt that at the time people in my world and and and, and friends they didn't really understand what that was like they had you know hadn't gone through that themselves they hadn't started a business they didn't really know what that was like and so I kind of felt that made me feel even more alone Mm -hmm. that I didn't have anybody to talk to Mm -hmm. about that and I remember you said something to me you said it's time for you to find your tribe yeah (laughs) and I had never heard that term before it was the first time I'd ever heard that and I remember kind of thinking yeah I need to find my tribe how the hell do I do that? <laughs> Where are all the other photographers when you need them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or women in business, yeah. yeah. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. How do we find a tribe? Oh, good question because I can really relate to you as a um, being in private practice for probably eight years now, have felt very isolated and although I connect really well with my clients, it's that banter that I miss and the jokes and all the fun stuff that happens at my husband's work that I hear about and I go, that's nice. What about my work Christmas party or what about my, you know, day where everyone brings in cake or whatever? I find that for me there's, when I'm working doing um, like my Got Your Back sister work, I'm part of my tribe there. And so I need a little bit of tribe and I need a little bit of me and I need a little bit of one-on-one with my clients and that for me is a really well-rounded self. Mm. And then I feel like I can give to all those places. So when I'm with my tribe at Got Your Back Sister, I feel like I'm really present and I love it and I love the talking and I love the backwards and forwards and the working there's usually, together. There's a lot of chats. There's a lot of chats. It is a very <laughs> word-heavy place. <laughs> I wonder what the words per minute are. That <laughs> so it's how did you work bit. out that that was your tribe or that you could even call them that? I think the desire to be there. And when I wasn't there, thinking about going back there and then thinking about what I could offer when I was there and thinking like, oh, catching myself going, oh, next time when I'm there I want to do this or make sure I catch up with that person and building those relationships that are so important to somebody like previously fairly isolated. Mm. Uh, It's been interesting going back to uni as a, you know, middle-aged lady because young people – don't really seem to know what to do with me. They'll say hi to me one minute and the next minute look at me like, you're kind of like my mum's age and now I don't know how to talk to you. Oh, wow. <laughs> but but breaking that those barriers down just by being myself and going into group work and chatting and saying hi. And you know what? If people say hi back, that's okay. If they don't, they don't either. And, you know, not being so overly touchy about it. I think at this age is a little easier than when you're 20. Yeah. I know for me, I wasn't being smart when I said that to you, Mel. It was because I'd been through the same thing. So I'd left corporate and then started my own business. And it didn't. I didn't realise until I actually went to a conference one day and that was in America. And it was less about them being American, but it was more similar interests. So it was going into a room of other entrepreneurs and business people talking about things that I cared about that suddenly it dawned on me and I was like, I found my tribe because they were speaking my language and I felt immediate connection to a lot of them. So I think what you're talking about as well, Kaz, is about trust and it's that will and want to contribute and as well as receiving back. So it becomes like this trust bank account. And what we talk about in corporates is psychological safety, that a tribe is someone that you feel safe with and that you align with and have similar interests. So... 
We were talking before, I think we were touched on before about technology, people mm. looking in their phones. But interestingly, you can actually find your tribe online with so many interest groups today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do other of you ladies have a, an online tribe? Um, nope, not really. I have several. Me. And they're all... <laughs> And they're all business related in different ways for different topics. So yeah, I have several, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And do you mind sharing like what is kind of like the, I suppose the difference between the tribes? So some of them are writers, so other people who write and so they'll talk about the grievances of a writer and how lonely that can be and, and they'll hold each other accountable to how many thousand words they wrote that day and those sorts of things. Other ones are business related. So they'll actually talk about um, being in a practice business where you might be the solo breadwinner and you might have some support staff. And so again, it's around the practicalities of that, but also cheer squatting each other on. So I think they're supportive in that way. But for all of them, it's interesting wherever they can, the humans in them go, oh, is someone else going to be in that area the same time as me? Can we meet up? So as much as the online tribe's quite strong and people communicate frequently in there, there's still this desire that if everyone happens to be in the same town as once, we all want to organise a catch-up drink or a coffee or something. There's so, something about the real-life people yeah. meeting in person and, and putting faces to names with flesh and blood and eye exactly. colours and all sorts. So we want to go toe-to-toe, knee-to-knee. But interestingly, <laughs> one of the other tribes I'm a member of I haven't yet met anyone from, and that's uh, women who travel solo in Australia. And so that's really lovely because they share things about how to stay safe, what are some great places to visit, and those kind of things for women who travel solo and they actually have a symbol so a sticker which I won't say what it is because it's kind of like a safe thing yeah and so they know if they see someone else's van or caravan or car or something with that sticker on that that's another woman traveling solo and so that's a safe person to go and approach and a lot of them will actually say they do a meetup once a year somewhere in a different state every year same thing to let women connect so I've never met any of them in person but I find that really useful for information and for just a supportive community. Yeah. Does that fill your friendship cup? I would say I have friends as well and they're yeah. all members of different tribes and my friends are yeah. a tribe in a way. But, yeah, I a, a bit of both, yeah. Yeah. I am such a face-to-face girl. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Definitely me too. Yeah, which is why um, when I record the Hey Soul Sister podcast, I have people come to the station yeah. and I've been told, you can actually just like get people to call in. I'm like, no, because I love the face-to-face. I mm. want to, I'm, And maybe that's the extrovert in me, but I want to connect with you. Mm. Like I want to, to, to feel, you know, some synergy going on between us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah feel that connection. Like have it bounce off each other and see what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. What do they say? Your vibe attracts your tribe. Absolutely. (laughs) So you want to feel the vibe, that's all. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I guess maybe it comes back to the audit whether you're auditory um, auditory, visual kinesthetic, visual. Touch you. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> we're all middle. touching it. That's for all the listeners. We're holding hands home. across the, yeah, across the desk. <laughs> we're about to Shazam right now. <laughs> yeah. We've actually had at Got You Back Sister a number of people contact us to volunteer because they are new to the city and they are looking to make friends. Mm. And so they actually come, will come and volunteer for us. Yeah, I used to um, run a walking group every week and I found that a lot of the people who came along to the walking group were just new to the area. And what better way to discover the area in which you live but to walk around it, meet some new people. Lots of people had, from that group went off and had 
friendships and holidays and and really connected beyond the group, which was a lovely thing to be a part of, just kind of facilitate that too. And, and we get to do that through our um, programs that Got Your Back Sister as well. Yeah. A lot of people make friends surprised by their own ability to reconnect mm-hmm. and build friendships beyond Got Your Back Sister as well. And I love, I know I used to run a meditation group similarly on Sundays and then I'd find some of those had come to my yoga thing and then we'd be at something else and there'd be members from that there. So the tribes can sometimes touch on each other, but it seems to be around a shared interest, either a region or a shared interest or common values kind of that people are attracted. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting as I've gotten older and I have, I've found I've become more confident in actually approaching new people unlike when I was 22 and felt totally rejected at the pub in when I went up and took a chance and approached some girls and was completely shot down in flames as I've gotten older I'm going to call that an outlier experience because I have this theory that we're actually all a bit the same and that sometimes we walk into a new situation and we'll eyeball someone and we think that maybe they're standing there feeling super confident um, and that they're all together but actually really they're not they're just like you and me and they're whether they're a mum standing on the side of the netball court watching their kids or at a women's networking group I've actually found as I've gotten older actually just go up and say hello and introduce yourself and because most people are actually just going through the same thing and there's so much we don't know about one another you know, that's what surprises me the most. We're so similar at times in our lives, but there's so much I don't know about everybody in my room sometimes. I just think, wow, there's so much interesting and um, I guess it makes me really curious, which is probably a good part of my job, <laughs> that unnatural curiosity about people. But that, that um, wanting to learn about other people, regardless of our sameness or differences, is such a, a lovely thing to be able to lean into as we get older. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. So AJ, um, as a friend of yours, I've also seen you find a new tribe in this spiritual community over the last couple of years. Absolutely, and it's probably not a tribe I ever saw myself being a part of. And when I was in corporate, I would have said it was way out there, woo-woo. And I've probably only come to them gently, gently. It hasn't been like something I've thrown myself into. Um, But it's been as I've been on a bit of my exploration. And I do think it's that epigenetic. You start to resonate or attract different people. And um, it's been through my yoga community that I've been introduced to more and more experiences and different things. And that's taken having an open mind. It's very different to my childhood and upbringing. So it's a bit like you were saying, Kaz, about reprogramming. And um, I probably tend to be more on the omnivert, introvert, extrovert, so I can swing between them. And if I'm going somewhere new with people I'm not familiar with or in an environment that it's not my normal hobbies or whatever, I'll feel very introverted and get a bit anxious about going in and I'll be quieter. But, yeah, I've found these people to be very loving and caring and just like you are, doing the journey, trying to do their best they can. All we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely I've found a new tribe of people and that's introduced me to a whole different world of other people as well. Yeah. And so Kaz, Mm. you were once a pastor? Oh, no, not that. But yes, preached in church quite a number of times and part of a church community, definitely. And and I guess that spiritual connection that my mum made when – I was a child, brought us into a church family, which was, you know, one that actually 
changed our whole family lives significantly. We changed schools. That also had an impact on where I send my children to school. Although I'm no longer part of a church community now, it actually hasn't affected my faith. I still feel as if I am a faithful person and have a spiritual foundation. But I don't feel as if I need as much to be containing that in four walls. Yeah. I feel like I like it better out on the beach. (laughs) That's much more spiritually connected there. So for our listeners who have been very kindly streaming this podcast episode today, let's just do a bit of a recap for anybody that has been maybe feeling lonely, looking for a friendship circle, a new friendship circle, or to find a tribe. We'll just do a bit of a recap around what people can do. I would say... One of the things that I have learned, and maybe this is something that you were talking about as you've gotten older, is getting to know yourself so that you can tune in to the type of people that are around you that share the same values as you or the same likes and interests. And sometimes when you're trying to push your way into a group and you don't quite fit, it's, it's you as much as the group that doesn't fit. It's not necessarily one or the other. So it's a, I guess tuning into yourself and learning to understand who you are. I love that. I love that you said that because that's so true. Sometimes, do you know what? It's just not the right fit. Mm. Yeah. And that's okay. Totally okay. Yeah, you're not broken. And, yeah. and they're not the only people in the whole wide world. There's actually lots of us. Like Absolutely. Lots and lots of us. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like you're talking about with the charity, volunteer or go and do a course or something in some kind of thing that you're interested in, whether that's flower art arranging or, you know, a typing course, go and take a night course or something like that, because people are there for a reason. It usually they force you to talk to each other. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, but more importantly, make eye contact and smile. Like the more open you are, the more likely you are to engage with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Join a walking group. Yeah. Join a that's walking always, group. That was always a good spot for us to walk. Look at meetups.com and, you know, online there's loads of groups that are promoted online and so that's a great way to take the online offline as well is to just – and also ask people, ask your neighbours or friends, do you know of any groups, you know, in in this region? I did that once, uh, the walking group. I was in Rome and I was in Rome on my own and I wanted someone to have dinner with. (laughs) You are an extrovert. (laughs) So I actually, pasta pizzeria was not enough. <laughs> no, no. So I actually like looked up to see like if there was like a, a food walking group. Oh, wow. So I went and joined that. It was the best thing ever. I yeah. had the best night and everybody was lovely because yeah. everybody was in the same situation really. They yeah. were travelling and they were either on their own or they might have been with a friend. Yeah. We're all the same. Awesome. Yeah. And we That's had a beautiful right. night for three hours wandering the streets of Rome, trying all different foods and wines. Wow. It was awesome. That sounds fabulous. We need to do that. Um, And I also think don't attach too hard. Like don't love them too hard. Don't push a tribe, you know, or push yourself onto a tribe as well. You'll know in your gut, they'll know. Allow, you know, yourself to enjoy it but also not be attached that no one's rung me back or no one's contacted me because I think sometimes we can get in our own head. I absolutely agree. And you read, yeah, absolutely read too much into it. And people are busy. Yep. So they may not reconnect with you just because they've got a busy life. Yeah, yeah you have these rules, don't we? Like this is what equals a good friendship. This is what equals a social connection. And it must be, um, you know, first date, Saturday, got to be called by Wednesday, otherwise yeah. it's all off. Well, it doesn't work like that these days, does it, for Snapchat and things like that? You, it's a whole different ball game out there for uh, connecting. Yeah. But you don't need to have the rules as much. And I know I've got people in my tribe that I absolutely trust with my life. Yeah. And... 
I may not see them for months on end and yet I could pick up the phone and pick up exactly where we left off and feel like the bank account of trust is there. Yep. Yeah. Can I just add on to that? Mm. Sometimes with that trust thing, and I noticed this in my work and I, it just came up in my family over the weekend with my teenager, that be mindful of how much you put of yourself out there. Because when you're sometimes looking for friendship, you can put way too much of yourself out there and not be protective of yourself and not always give that to the most trusting people. So it is okay to not be holus bolus 100% in the whole way, but rather a little bit protective of yourself, but you're also protecting other people in the same time. And I also think, like you're saying, be mindful that you can also outgrow your tribe. And that that's just a natural part of life and our journey and that that's not necessarily a bad or good thing. But I know I've had tribes because they've been in workplaces, people I've worked with, and there are some who you're really connected with that you stay in touch with, but there are others who I haven't seen for 10 years and that's yep. fine because I have a new tribe. Yep. So be prepared that you've got seasons in life. Mm-hmm. The tribe doesn't have to hang around forever. Yeah. yeah. And I just thought of something we haven't touched on and that's actually join a sporting team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me, not so sporty. (laughs) But you're right because you get out and about and if you're talking about brain health as well as physical health and emotional health and mental health, sporting is their best. You're activating all the bits of you at once. Absolutely. And we actually have a mutual friend in our tribe who's a geriatrician. Um, yes. which is a doctor for the um, aged and older people and she actually prescribes for them to go and join dancing groups because mm. it's so good for the neurology because it helps you connect with people not only physically through touch but um, coordination with music and because it's social and I think one of the most interesting pieces of research that's been done in the recent kind of decade has been around blue zones around the world and blue zone cultures. And so there are cultures around the world where people are centarians, there's more centarians than anywhere else, so people that live over 100 years old and they're very healthy as well. And they look at what what makes them healthy and it's usually to do with their food and their lifestyle but most importantly is also they have a lot of social connection and therefore have meaning and purpose in their life. So, you know, it'll help you live longer as well as happier. (laughs) Hey, let's dance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, ladies, for coming and being part of Hey Soul Sister today. I would say if anybody wants any further information around finding a tribe, how to find some friends, they can email at melissa at thesistercode.com. I'm happy to forward on any information to you and especially from these lovely ladies. Uh, Again, I've been on the journey a couple of times of finding a tribe. Uh, I know how important it is because we really are social creatures that just want to be connected with other people and that's okay. Kaz and AJ, thank you so much for joining us. Now, just quickly, Kaz, if people want to find out more about you um, or get in contact with you, how can they do that? Kazamos.com.au. And simple. And AJ? And I just want to say before we finish that, Mel, you're a great example of what to do if you want to find your tribe and that's create one. Yeah, just make so it. <laughs> a lot of what you've done through Got Your Back Sister and the Sister Code is create one. Mm-hmm. And so cool. if you see a gap and that's not happening or you've got something you're passionate about, then invite people along, like be the instigator or the conduit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Thank you. Yeah. Um, and people can find me at alexandriajoy.com.au. Thank you, ladies. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesisterco.com.